Welcome to another episode of the Granite List Live, where we discuss all things related to human capital and employee benefits. I'm Lee Dill. And I'm Sally Pace. And today we are going to meet with some fabulous folks from RX Manage. We're joined by Bill Hupsher and Casey McPherson. We've covered pharmacy a good bit on the Granite List Live, but today it's going to take a different bent. And so to kind of kick it off for us, Bill, we're going to talk about international pharmacy. Will you give us a little bit of background on international pharmacy and how you in particular got started in this space? Yeah, sure. Um, I know most folks listening to the podcast today are from the insurance world, the health insurance, employee benefits, broker world. I actually didn't come from that world. I got involved in what's become my lifelong focus now for over 20 years, lowering prescription drug costs for individuals and employers because of a personal situation. My brother was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma when he was 27 years old. That was about 25 years ago now. But even at the time, the anti-rejection medication and the treatments from his bone marrow transplant were going to cost about a half a million dollars. And what we found at the time was we were hearing stories about people that were traveling to Canada to buy prescription medications. We were hearing about caravans of families that were going up to Michigan, from Michigan over to Windsor, Ontario, and from other parts of the country going into Manitoba because the cost of the medications were so much less expensive. So we sourced medications for my brother. I came back to Tampa, Florida, and I spoke to a physician friend of mine who told me, you know, Bill, we write prescriptions all day long and people just can't afford to take them. So they're either not taking their medication like they're supposed to, or they're taking a medication every other day and they're splitting their pills in half. So I said, well, heck, if somebody who lives in Detroit, Michigan can drive to Windsor, or why shouldn't somebody in Tampa, Florida have that same option to get lower cost prescription medications? And that's when we opened our company called the Canadian Med Store. And the focus there was really working with individuals, mostly seniors, helping them order a medication from a licensed pharmacy in Canada. We didn't know anything about the insurance world, but I can tell you fast forward several years after we grew, we had seven locations in the state of Florida. We were helping tens of thousands of people, but we started to have a lot of the employers come to us after the ACA saying, listen, we're going self-funded and we can do a lot to control our costs when it comes to health care. But the one thing that we're getting our teeth kicked in is on prescription drugs. There's nothing we can do. You're helping our retirees. Can you help our health plan? And that's when we created Rx Manage, which is basically the same kind concept of an individual going from Detroit, Michigan to Windsor, Ontario, but doing it on an employer chassis. So the employer's offer our service to their employees. And it's a huge win-win because obviously the employer is saving thousands or in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it also removes that barrier to that employee who maybe isn't overly compliant on their prescription medication. We always say we impact that 10% of the population that drives 90% of the cost. And often those 10% are the ones that aren't maybe as compliant because of cost or because of lifestyle. We remove that barrier of the cost at least and give folks access to affordable medication. So that's a short version of a long story, however you want to define it. But I think Casey can give you a little bit more of our background as far as the clinical side, how my business partners are all pharmacists and physicians. We come across from a healthcare perspective, not just trying to fill a prescription, but really what do we do to lower the overall cost for the plan? We come from a background of being owned by three physicians, led by myself as the head licensed pharmacist. Our team is headquartered in Auckland, New Zealand, and we're very heavily staffed by pharmacists and pharmacy technicians with just a couple of support admin staff. So we approach everything we do from a very patient-centric 
health-focused approach. Even though we're not actually doing the dispensing, we're not the pharmacy, we're the administration component in the middle, but we oversee every step of the process as if we were the dispensing pharmacy in terms of all the checks and balances and the way we look after the medication or the prescription. Okay, so we have a Canadian background and a New Zealand background. Tell us a little bit about how Rx Managed does source their medications. Are you going to those two countries specifically? Is it more a global base? How do you all work together in that way? We actually have four countries that we source our medications through, Canada, England, Australia, and New Zealand. And we can source our supply of medication from any of those countries. I'll let Casey get more into the specifics of the pharmacy side because she is the pharmacist and oversees that side of it. But what I can tell you is from the U.S. side, the reason that we source through those four countries is because they're defined as tier one countries, meaning that they have the same quality control standards as we would here in the United States. The other thing you'll notice is that they're all English speaking and obviously English labeled products. I say that only because France and Germany are also defined as tier one countries. But if we source the product through France or Germany, for example, the product would be labeled in a foreign language. And what we find is the quality would probably be the same. It would be the perception of the individual middle America employee getting that medication. There's much more of a comfort level when you're sourcing a product from England or Canada and it's labeled in English. So those are the four countries we utilize. Casey can speak a little bit more to the quality control and the safety protocols that we have in place. In terms of what we offer on our formulary, we have a pharmacist that's the formulary manager. He's always looking at every product to make sure that it's the same manufacturer. It's obviously going to be bioequivalent, that there's nothing different between the international product and the US-based product. So there's a bit of a process we go through there. To be on our formulary, the medication has to be same brand name medication that's available in the United States, but at a lower cost. And then at the flip side of it all, we also monitor for when medication is going generic because we always want the employer to be paying the lowest cost possible for the medication. So if something's gone generic and it's then going to be cheaper for the member to get that locally, we make sure we redirect them to do that as well. I'm glad you covered the safety side of it because, you know, it's interesting. If I'm traveling to Canada or England, I don't think twice about the food, eating the food or having a salad or a beverage, the safety of the food quality, and yet somehow drug quality safety seems to be such a a roadblock to so many people. Let's also talk about price because that's another tremendous factor. And Bill, you mentioned it in the intro as a, a motivator for why you started the organizations you've launched why is it that medications are so much cheaper internationally? Hmm. That's the age-old question, isn't it? It's, it's really a pretty simple answer, to be completely honest with you. And Casey can go a little bit more into the specifics as far as the Kiwi system, for example. But people often talk about price controls. What I think is very interesting is that when you look at countries like Canada and England and Australia and New Zealand that we source our medications from, it's less a price control issue than it is a price negotiation issue, where here in the United States, there's no ability for the federal government, for example, 
example, Medicare, the largest purchaser of healthcare in the entire world to even negotiate prescription drug costs. Now, we know that recently with the Inflation Reduction Act, there was some language added where 10 drugs can be negotiated to a lower cost and things like that. But we're only just catching up to that here in the United States. The rest of the world has negotiated drug prices for a long time. I always make the crude comparison to when you go and buy your toilet paper at Sam's Club, you're getting a whole heck of a lot better deal on a per roll than you do when you walk into a 7-Eleven and want to buy one roll. And that's the concept of a country like Canada, England, or Australia saying we're going to purchase a large amount of medications. Shouldn't we be able to negotiate that down to a lower price? We're here in the United States that not only hasn't happened, but it hasn't been allowed to happen. The Medicare Modernization Act actually made it illegal for Medicare to negotiate drug prices. So what that means is, although we're probably talking to folks that aren't in the Medicare world, they're working in the commercial world and group world. The reason that impacts us is remember that almost everything we negotiate on a contract basis when you're putting together a health plan is based on some Medicare allowable amount, correct? So you'd say, hey, the knee replacement is going to be X, so the health plan is going to pay a percentage over that or a dollar amount over the Medicare allowable amount. Well, guess what the Medicare allowable amount for prescription drugs are? whatever the heck the drug companies want to charge. So it impacts not only Medicare and us as taxpayers, but it forces itself down into the group world because now that benchmark that you would normally place it on is affinity. It can just keep going until they decide you know, what they want to charge. The only other thing I'll say about it is when it comes to the stakeholders that are making the argument of we need to keep drug prices high in the United States because if we don't, then somehow your grandmother is not going to get the treatment she needs. What I think is interesting is I don't disagree with that in a way that it's very, very expensive to bring a drug to market. What I do disagree with is why is it okay to say American tax holders and American business owners and American plan sponsors should be the only one footing that bill when the Kiwis and the Canucks and the Aussies and the Brits are paying you know, a third of what we're paying. Shouldn't we be passing some of that on to those other countries? And until then, we're offering our clients access to those lower costs negotiated drug prices that are available in all those other countries. I don't think I'd ever heard it explained that Medicare can't negotiate drug prices. That's amazing to me. I like drug sourcing. It's kind of like going to Amazon and finding the best price. And you just never know where that box is originally going to come from. Mm. It's the same thing. You know what, Lee? It's, it's interesting that you say that because I say it all the time. I say if you had access to go onto Amazon and buy an iPhone from a Canadian supplier, let's just say, and remember, we're not talking about an iPhone that's manufactured not by Apple. That's manufactured by some Canadian company, so it's going to be a knockoff iPhone. We're talking about the exact same iPhone that's available at a third of the price less expensive. And if you can order that from a Canadian retailer and have that sent to you, wouldn't most of us take advantage of that opportunity? The other thing is I'll comment on to Sally's point about the safety and the question about that. You'll walk in and dine at a restaurant in London. You'll go to a restaurant or somewhere in Toronto and feel very, very comfortable dining out there, but somehow the prescription drugs are not safe. Casey's heard me say this a lot of times, but I travel to Canada you know, several times a year to meet with our pharmacy guys. When I visit our pharmacy in Niagara, I promise you I've yet to see dead Canadians floating over Niagara Falls because somehow they're getting counterfeit medications. And the last thing I'll say is everybody on this call, go to your supermarket on the way home today. Go to the seafood section. And I promise you that you're going to see previously frozen tilapia from Vietnam 
and farm-raised shrimp from Belize, and you're probably going to find salmon from somewhere in Canada. And somehow we're led to believe that our Food and Drug Administration can approve that previously frozen tilapia for me to feed my kid and say it's completely healthy, but somehow they can't say that the Eloquist that's manufactured in the same exact facility, one just labeled for sale in Canada and one labeled for sale in the U.S., that somehow that Canadian product is inferior, it doesn't make any sense. And if you're a logical person and you visit your seafood department today, I think that whole guise of, you know, somehow Canadian product is inferior just doesn't make sense. Totally agree. The other big issue in your world is adherence and compliance. So what does Rx Manage and your team do to help people stay compliant on their medication? I think the main way that we help with that is whenever our program's being put into place in a plan, we always encourage the international component to be at a zero dollar copay. So we're removing the cost barrier to accessing medication for those members. And when you're thinking of especially people on specialty medication, where it might be $100, $150, $200 per month to fill their specialty medication, if you can remove that and give them access at no cost, that's really significant in terms of helping them stay compliant on their medication. They're no longer sort of having to choose between, can I pick up my Humira this month or can I put some gas in the car or get some new shoes for my child? So I see that as a really powerful sort of way to help people in terms of making sure that they don't have to be worrying about the cost of their medication. Yeah. And Sally, one other thing I'll say about that, and I know we touched on this briefly earlier, but we always talk about the 90-10 rule. And remember that we're impacting a very small, probably percentage of overall pharmacy fills. We're impacting a very small, probably percentage of the population, but we're typically impacting because remember, we're not offering a generic drug. Nobody's getting it. No plan is going bankrupt over a $4 generic drug that you can purchase at Walmart. The problem becomes in the specialty and the brand name drugs. And those are the only drugs that are offered through our program. So what I think is interesting is even though we're impacting a small percentage of the population, we're often impacting a massive percentage of the overall healthcare spend. And we're also impacting that 10% of the population that is the large cost driver. So if we can get those folks more compliant, if we can get them into a healthier lifestyle, because now they have access to that prescription medication, I guarantee you, if you have that 10% of your population and you get them healthier, you're going to impact the overall cost to your plan in the long run. Well, that all sounds great. What do I do next? How do I get in touch? How does a group get started with you guys? Usually what I'd say is the the best thing to do is for the consultant to get in touch with us. We can run some numbers for them. So send us a claims file. It can be completely de-anonymized. We'll run that. We'll show the savings. And what's great about that is we're not giving them sort of a random sample set of data. We're showing them the true potential for savings on their actual client that they have. Then they can take that to their client, and it's a really powerful demonstration of what international can do to help the plan save. So they can do that just by emailing me, Casey at globalrxmanage.com, or Bill, Bill at rxmanage.com, get in touch that way or they could contact us via LinkedIn. Well, thank you both very much. Thank you for not only being a fabulous part of the Granite List community, we're proud to feature RX Manage on the Granite List itself, but thank you for really taking time to educate all of us on 
the differences and what it means to take a look at international pharmacy and to demystify it for us. We really enjoyed having you on today's show. So thank you. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Granite List Live. Thank, thank you, you for Granite List. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Granite List Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live. Thank you.